Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. All right, continuing with Masechet Yevamot, we are in Perik Dalit, Mishnah Yud. The Mishnah says, "Hayivama lo tachalot velo titiabem ad sheyeshla shelosha chodashim." The Yivama should not. The woman should not perform chalitza or be taken to yibum until she has waited three months since her husband died. We spoke about this yesterday, so we know whether or not she's uh, pregnant from her deceased husband, and therefore she would be pro- uh, prohibited in performing yibum. Similar, all other women who remarry should not become uh, which is like the first step, the first stage, engage, betroth in, in, in marriage. And certainly should not have their marriage completed. That's the second step of marriage. Until they pass through three months after their, their marriage ended, either through death or through divorce, so that we know for sure that they are not pregnant. This law applies to both virgins and both to non-virgins, whether they had relations with their first husband or not. It applies to divorced women and widows. And both to, and both to women that were fully married to their first husbands or even just partially married to their first husbands, just engaged. Rabbi Uda Omer, Rabbi Uda is more lenient, and he says, Hanesuot it arsu. Women who were fully married to their first husband may immediately get engaged, the first step of a marriage to their second husband. He's not worried that they're going to have, uh, the, that they're going to have relations. The harusot yinasu. And women who were uh, only at the first stage of marriage engaged, engaged, they are able to complete their marriage with their second husband because we assume that they didn't have um, relations with the first husband. The only, the only exception would be, says Rabbi Yudah, uh, the, the, this leniency applies everywhere with the exception of those who are arusot, uh, the first stage of marriage, women who live in Judea. They still have to wait three months before fully marrying another man, because the, the practice in Judea, in Yehuda, was to have um, a couple, a newly engaged couple, be alone together so that he can familiarize himself with the girl uh, when they complete their marriage. And therefore, there is a worry that maybe he did have, um, though they may have relations, while they are still in the stage of Arus, uh, Arus Erusin. Rabbi Yosei Omer, Rabbi Yosei says, Kol arsu, All women are able to get engaged immediately after their first marriage ends, except for the widow, um, because the widow is uh, She's in a period of mourning, uh, of observing of her first husband. So therefore, she cannot, uh, she cannot practice or, or actually get engaged to a second husband. <laughs> if four of the brothers uh, in one family were married to four women and all the brothers died, 
אם רצה הגדול שבהם לייבם את כולם, um, so now there are, um, if the old, there's another brother, okay, if the oldest of the living brothers, must have been a big family, wants to perform yibum with all four widows, at one shot, harisut beyado, he has a right to do so, he can do yibum with all four widows. Mishaya nasui, again, this is a time where people married more than one wife. If someone was married to two women and he died, so once he has uh, cohabitation with the chalitza, oh sorry, with the yebama, or he performs chalitza with one of the widows, then that exempts the co-wife from yibum and chalitza. She can now feel free to remarry without uh, without receiving a chalitza. We're going to talk about this more in the next parak. Let's say one of the widows was keshera, eligible to marry a kohen, and the other one, the other one was uh, disqualified, which means that maybe this widow had been previously divorced, okay, before this marriage, and, uh, and therefore she's disqualified to marry a kohen. So now, if the living brother is going to perform chalitza now, chalitza disqualifies a woman from kehuna. So therefore the Mishnah says, Remember, you can only do chalitza on one. The moment he does chalitza on one, the other one's exempt. That's what we learned in the previous Mishnah. So the Mishnah says, do the chalitza on the pesula, so that the other one that's keshera can still maybe marry a kohen. If you perform it on the keshera, then now she's also disqualified from marrying a Kohen. So therefore, the Mishnah says, Choletza Pesula. He should perform Chalitza on the disqualified widow. Ve'im ayam meyabem, but if he was planning to perform Yibum, meyabem la keshera. He should do Yibum. Um, uh, he is allowed to do the Yibum with the woman who is eligible to a Kohen. Hamachzir gerushato. Someone who takes back his wife after his divorced wife after she married someone else, which is not allowed to do. Once, once a woman is divorced and marries someone else, uh, the husband can no longer take back that woman. But let's say he did, okay? Or someone then marries his chalutza. So he performed chalutza and then chalutza and then later on he marries her, which is not allowed to do. Or someone who marries a close relative of, of his chalutza. In all these situations, Yotzi, he has to send her away. He cannot stay married to, uh, to this girl. And the child that comes out of this union is a mamzer, is, uh, cannot marry a regular Yisrael. He can only marry a mamzer. These are the words of, of Rabbi Akiva, because according to Rabbi Akiva, all of these marriage, marriages violate a biblical commandment. Uh, which the penalty is Malkut, and Rabbi Akiva says that any child that is born from a prohibition that involves Malkut is uh, the child is a mamzer. But Chachamim Omrim, the Chachamim say, En Avlad Mamzer. Rabbis argue and say, although they have to send her away, he cannot remain married to her, but the child is not uh, a mamzer. Umodim, however, they do agree, Benose Kerovat Gerushato, with regard to someone who marries the relative of the wife he divorced, she'avalad mamzer, that the child is a mamzer, because those, those, um, that union is punishable by karet. And, um, therefore, a child born through karet 
uh, he agrees. The only uh, exception, well, we're going to see what the exception is. It was brought down here. Um, the only exception would be if the um, if a child is born uh, from a woman who is nida, even though a person who cohabits with a nida is chayav karet, but a child born from 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 that union um, is not uh, is, is not a mamzer. That's uh, that's an exception. Speaking of mamzer, that's what the next Mishnah talks about. Ezehu mamzer. It's Mishnah Yud Gimel in Perik Dalit. Who is a mamzer? Kol she'er basar shehu belo yavo. It's a child of a forbidden relationship with any relative to which the Torah says lo yavo. You cannot cohabit with this person. Dive Rabbi Akiva. This is Rabbi Akiva's words, meaning even if it's a, 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 a lo yavo, which is... A, a, a general love, the punishment is malkut, lashes, Rabbi Akiva holds, child is born from there, mamzer. Shimon Atimni Omer, Shimon Atimni says, kol shechayavin alav karet bidei shamayim. Any forbidden relationship where someone will be chayav karet in the hands of heaven. Vahalacha kidvarav, and halacha follows his view. A third opinion, Rabbi Yoshua Omer, kol shechayavin alav mitat beddin. Uh, a mamzer is a child of any forbidden relationship which one would be punished by execution by the hands of the, uh, of the court. Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Azai. Rabbi Shimon ben Azai is bringing support to Rabbi Yoshua. Matzati megilat yuchasim berushalayim. I once found a scroll, uh, like a family tree, a scroll of yuchasim, lineage, in Yerushalayim. Vekatuvba, and it was written there, ish peloni mamzer me'eshet ish. So-and-so, this is his name, who is a mamzer from the relationship between a man and a, a, a married woman. That's, what, that's how they labeled him. Did they mention the name? Uh, yeah, they, they probably did mention the name. It's well known this guy would be a mamzer. But this is the Kayem Rebbe Rabbi Yoshua. Because Rabbi Yoshua holds that a mamzer is someone who is punished by death at the hands of court. And if a person marries an eshetish, chayav mitat. That's why he's got punished execution. So this is a proof to um, Rabbi Yoshua. However, again, the Mishnah said the halacha is like Shimon Atimni. Ishto Shemeta, returning to the subject of marrying the relatives of certain women. If a man's wife died, mutar ba'chota, he's permitted to marry her sister. Geresha Umeta, if he divorced his wife and she died, mutar ba'chota, he's permitted to marry, permitted to marry her sister. Nis'et le'acher vameta, if the divorced wife married someone else and died, Mutar ba'chota, he can marry her sister. Yevimto shemeta, if a man's yevama passed away, mutar ba'chota, he's allowed to marry her sister. And lastly, chalashla umeta, if he performed chalitza with her and she died, mutar ba'chota, he's permitted to marry her sister. Okay, that is the end of uh, Perek Dalit. Now, Perek Hay discusses in depth some of the laws of... Um, of matrimony between a Yavam and a Yevama. So according to the Torah, according to the Torah, there's only one way, one official way that a person can perform the mitzvah of Yibum, and that's through marital relations. It has to be through cohabitation. That's what the, the according to the Torah. And, the, and by doing the Yibum, by performing Yibum, you erase all the other Yibum bonds with the co-wives or anybody else, and they're free to marry um, everybody else. 
The only way to remove a yibum bond officially, according to Torah, is through chalitza. Okay? Chalitza, the thing with the shoe, which we're going to talk about uh, soon. Okay? That is the only way that we can remove the yibum bond officially, according to Torah. Came the rabbis and instituted a different way to perform this kiddushin. This is the ma'amar that we spoke about. Um, uh, this act of kiddushin, which is the ma'amar, that also creates it also kind of solves the yibum uh, or, or engages the yibum. And as well, the rabbis also enacted that if the, uh, if the yavam gives the yavama a get, a divorce document, if he gives her a get, that is also like a chalitza. So there, is, there are four actions that can be taken by a yavam that affect the status of the widow, giving a get, performing chalitza, or that's, again, assuming he doesn't want the lady, and if he does want the lady, he could make a ma'amar, and, or he can perform, or he could do cohabitation, which is the actual performing of the yibum. Two of them are biblical, like we said, which is the cohabiting and the chalitza, and two of them are rabbinic, the get and the ma'amar. So with that introduction, uh, the, the, the fifth chapter talks a lot about this. Um, the, the, it discusses if a person does the same act twice with the same lady, it's obviously meaningless. The question is, the Mishnah is going to talk about, what if he does the same act with two different widows of the brother? So two uh, co-wives of the brother. Does the second act have any practical effect? Because once I perform a get with one lady, then why do I need to perform the get with the other? She's already p'tura. So that's what the... That's what the Mishnah talks about. Rabban Gamliel, this is the opening Mishnah of Perekei. Rabban Gamliel Omer, En get ahar get. There is no significance to giving a get after a get. So meaning if the Yavam gave a divorce document to one of the widows and then gave a get to the co-wife, the second get has no effect and therefore he's still permitted to marry the second wife's relatives. All right. If the get meant anything, then he wouldn't be able to marry the relatives of the of the second wife, of the of the co-wife. But the get doesn't mean anything according to the Bangam Liel because the first get already already did the job. Velo ma'amar ma'amar, and as well, there's no significance to giving a ma'amar to uh, after another after a ma'amar. Meaning, if the yavam gave. Uh, or made a ma'amar with one widow, and then did it with the second widow, the second ma'amar is meaningless, he's permitted to marry her relatives. Velo be'ila ahar be'ila, nor is there significance to uh, cohabitation after cohabitation, because the first cohabitation already fulfilled the mitzvah of yibum, and completely erased the second uh, uh, yibum bond, he might have to bring a korban, uh, maybe, of, uh, but whatever. Velo chalitza ahar chalitza, and there's no significance of a chalitza after a chalitza because the first chalitza removed the yibum bond. Chachamim omrim, the chachamim argue, and they say, yes, get achar get. There is significance to a get after a get because even after the first get, there's still a yibum bond. And therefore, if a guy gives a second get to the other co-wife, he cannot marry the uh, her relatives. But yes, ma'amar achar ma'amar. There is a significance to um, to a ma'amar after a ma'amar, and therefore he wouldn't be able to marry the um, the the, uh, the relatives of the second wife. Aval, they do agree. Lo achar be'ila 
ולא אחר חליצה כלום. After cohabitation or after חליצה, there is, uh, there is nothing. Meaning no yibum related act can take place after the cohabitation or the חליצה because the bonds are removed completely. Okay, we'll stop here and we'll continue tomorrow.